Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Good morning, everybody. Hello, Brittany, Daddy, BP. Man, I'm excited. It is spring, finally. Yeah, it is a warm Wednesday. And the breeze is so nice after the nasty storms that we had the other night. Yeah, that I slept through. Those. Did you sleep through that? Yeah. Well, you're inside of Burles. I was like right. It, it, it That tornado dropped about one mile south of us. Yeah, I think it and was it, worse it, there. It, it sounded like it. Like our garage doors were rattled. We, we went into the vault. And mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. Like I'm like, yeah, freaks yeah, we'll out. be yeah. fine. We'll be fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I obviously don't either. And then when I saw the, the garage doors rattling, I was like, uh, maybe we should get in the vault. <laughs> it's probably the first time in my entire life I was a little bit freaked by the by oh this is really happening like it could really happen you know i was like i've made it through 41 years in burleson i think i'll be all right (laughs) (laughs) had a good run we have a guest with us today that i'm very excited about we you know i always watch because he you're like behind the scenes he hasn't showed your beautiful face yet (laughs) um but pastor rick douglas is with us today the pastor of the church at union hill did i say that right um, and so excited to have you here today i have had the pleasure of knowing you i think probably about five years now Um, one of the few people I say, one of the few people, like I always love when I meet with a male pastor, I'm going to be a little bit, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little controversial. I love when I meet with a male pastor and he's like, Hey, I want you to preach from my pulpit. Mm. (laughs) It just immediately kind of tells you, okay, I know where this guy stands. (laughs) So spirit filled, beautiful wife, beautiful church, beautiful family. Um, and I'm excited to hear his story today. Welcome. Uh, we're excited to have you here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. So let's get to it. Pastor Rick, you know, I talked to you a little bit about coming online, telling your story a little bit, you know, let's, let's start with, with the book. Cause I want everybody to know right off the bat, you have written a book. Um, there it is. Silent cries on railroad ties. Love the cover, love the mm-hmm. cover as Thanks. an author to an author. I think you, you sent me when you were looking at, um, different mm-hmm. covers, yeah. And uh, I just really love this. And it, it kind of captures a little bit, you and I talked about this, it kind of captures a little bit of a feel of like a horror mm-hmm, book. It does. It um, does. And I think you were intentional. Rightly on so. That. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you were intentional about that. Um, take a minute and just share with us a little bit about the passion behind the book, what the book's about. Why should yeah. I buy your book? Okay. Well, I had a very close friend. As a matter of fact, we've been friends for about 40 years who had an incredible story to tell. And she began to, little by little, express some of her story mm-hmm. to me in our visits. And uh, it was difficult for her to, because she was having to come against so many things of her past that would mm-hmm. try to keep her mm-hmm. silent. But little by little, she did. And to my horror, I discovered that she had been raised by a pastor, uh, but had also been uh, sexually, ritually abused through devil worship. Mm. And to cut right to the chase, she'd had five infants sacrificed, all of which were skinned alive in front Mm -hmm. of her face. Mm. And just on and on and on were the abuses. And so after, goodness, probably 30 years, we were in conversation and I said, you need to tell people your story Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's the amazing story of God's grace and his Mm -hmm. miraculous working power to bring deliverance to someone that is, I think we could all agree was about as low as one could go. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty bad. And so she would say to me, Rick, I can't, but you can. Mm -hmm. And so she commissioned me to write it. And so it was more than just a need to write, want to write, should to write. Mm -hmm. It was a call to write 
to yeah. kind of, number one, my point was to wake us up in the Christian world, yeah. to wake up the church to know these things really happen. Yeah. And I'm sure there's probably people listening that are like, wait, what? This I'm happened sure. in yeah, the church? In America? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we're talking about local er- area local. As, where, as, yeah. as well. So, um, you know, for those of you who are watching across it, we live in... <laughs> Timbuktu. Um, yeah, yeah, we live in Timbuktu. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, you were sharing a little bit earlier about this gal and how she um, operates and lives in just in this state of grace and and still has this mentality of God is good. God is so good. God is so good. Yes. Which is just so touching to think even just in that 10 seconds of what you shared, just a small nugget of, of really the torture mm-hmm. that she experienced, but yet to still come out of that having a faith in God, would you say, like, do you feel like that's like the theme that you sum up the entire book with? Is is it to bring more of a, you said to bring more an awareness that these things happen in the church? Like, obviously you were telling her story, but what, what is, what is the main message that you want your, your readers to, to receive? To understand that, um, as, as to quote her, she mm-hmm. would say, even through it all, I, I sensed God was with me. Mm. Even through the worst of it, I sense God was yeah. with me. And that it doesn't matter how desperate or difficult life can be, God is still faithful. And I wow. always, I've always said, you know what, if she can do that, yeah. and God can pull her out of such a horrible pit mm-hmm. of shame and despair, well, then anything in my life's a piece of cake. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we talk about how testimony is so is so impactful and powerful yeah. for yeah. the rest of us, you know, that God can do it again. Yeah. yeah. Well, doesn't the else. word say they overcame by the blood of the lamb mm-hmm. and the what? word of the testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful because it does present the possibilities of deliverance and being able to come out from, I mean, it's so e- it would be so easy and so validating really to come out of a circumstance like that and live the rest of your life very broken. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do. And a lot of people live their life angry with God, mm-hmm. you know, and ask, live their life in that constant question of why would God allow this? Um, so I love, I love the message of the book that you, you are inspired by her story and think, okay, I need to suck it up a little bit. Like (laughs) (laughs) things have not been that bad for me. So if somebody wants to buy this book, they can find it on Amazon. Um, again, it's silent cries on on railroad railroad ties. ties. There it is again. There you go. Um, so share with us a little bit about your story or your history with church. Cause you're a pastor of a church now, but you've not always been a pastor of a church. No. Um, tell us a little bit about your testimony in regard to that. Well, just a quick run through, um, I uh, found myself at uh, six years old with an unusually odd, I would say, uh, for that age, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. That's so good. I would have, uh, I had a dream uh, one night when I was six that became a recurring dream to me. And part of the title of the book, Silent Cries on Railroad Ties, was that in that dream, I realized somebody somewhere needed prayer. That's so good. And uh, I would get up and my mother would say, you'd spend an hour and a half in the middle of the night praying. Wow. And so that's odd for a six-year-old. Yeah, It's odd for an adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I fit odd well. So. <laughs> yeah. So you've had this call on your life really since a very young age. Yeah. And I, I know also you have a specific passion for intercession and prayer. Yes. Um, I know uh, Brittany earlier was like, I look at she, she just kind of <laughs> like, like, oh, hmm, oh, because okay. I know Brittany has a passion for intercession as well. Okay. So... What led you down the path of becoming a pastor? Well, I uh, 
play piano, and that that became the piano became my secret place. Okay. Because there was abuse in my early childhood. Okay. And so it became the place that I ran to to find the secret place, or to find the throne room, mm-hmm. if you will, to get peace from the Lord. And started playing piano when I was 12 years old for the church. You know, old, calling page numbers, playing hymns, and just going after it. Mm-hmm. And uh, sat at that piano at that church for from 12 years old to 40 years old. Wow. And uh, then the Lord started calling me to go somewhere else. And I really thought they would roll my casket up in the church that I was raised in, you know? (laughs) So this was a big shock when God had a different plan. You know, he has a lot of nerves sometimes. Was it interesting that at 40 years old, so from the age of 12 to 40, you you get locked into this passion, this purpose. I mean, obviously you loved it. We're good at it. But then at 40 years old, God says, that was great. It was necessary. That was an intentional season. But mm-hmm. now we're closing the door. Like yep. that takes a lot of courage at 40 years old to say, I'm willing to leave everything that I've known. Yep. And, and in a lot of ways, your identity gets wrapped mm-hmm. up in that place. Yeah. But you mentioned earlier that it wasn't so much the piano. It wasn't so much the worship. It's that that was the place where you found your secret place. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Which the secret place is wherever, wherever we're at and we're pursuing and we're you know, in God's will, that's your spot. Mm -hmm. And, but I, Mm -hmm. again, I'm enamored as, you know, being a life coach when somebody's 40, a lot of times they're like, well, this is it. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now that those of us who are well over 40, we realize we're still just beginning, right? (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's never too late to start something, but that takes a lot of courage. Well, it was, I didn't want to do that. You know, I was very comfortable where Mm -hmm. I was. I had a pretty good life. I had a good business, a comfortable life, love sitting there playing that piano, doing all of that. Yep. But when God said that, it was uh, it was this knowing in my heart. And mm-hmm. thankfully, he had already been speaking with my wife as well. Don't you find that's how it works, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when it's God, he's going to take care of both sides of that. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So good. And so I made plans to do. And here was the thing. Whenever we were to leave, we were to go to a different church in the area that was just starting up. And I realized at that point that it didn't matter if I liked it or not. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Can you say that again? It didn't matter matter if I liked it or not. Yeah, that's so good. This was going to be God's will for me, mm-hmm. and this was what I was to do. So we went the first Sunday without the idea of let's... L- we didn't leave a church to go look for a church. We left a church because directed us to another just yeah. to go there. It wasn't for any purpose or point at that time. Yeah. And it was later that I became the music pastor there of that church. But the Lord had spoke to me, I want you to go and be obedient, and I want you to step through every door that opens, but I don't want you to try to break one down. That's mm. so good. You know, when I started um, Crazy Ministries, one of the very first things that the Lord spoke to me is he said, "In this, on this path and on this journey, there will be many doors. And every door I present to you, I want you to knock on, mm-hmm. but never bang one down. That's it. He was like, if it's the door and if it's the time for the door, I will open it. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how there have been doors I've knocked on and they didn't open. And two years later, the Lord, Lord would take me back to that door and knock yes. on it. And it just swung right open. Mm-hmm. Yes, It just was so easy. You yep. know, I've said so many times that whenever I realize that there needs to be a change to mm-hmm. happen, that I will walk down this hallway and I will knock on every door that's in it mm, that's good. and just see which one that opens. Yep. And I've been there, I don't know how many times, yeah. you know, and so sometimes it can appear as though you don't know what you're doing when actually you really don't. You're just searching out the <laughs> will of the Lord. We're just making it really well. <laughs> yeah. You're searching out the will of the Lord and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you knock on a door and boom, there it is. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. That's so good. So you go to this other church, you're 40 years old. And God puts you in as the worship pastor. Mm-hmm. Then what? 
Then after eight years, mm -hmm. uh, a successful eight years, valuable eight years yeah. to me, a lot of education happened mm -hmm. to me that really was preparation for what I'm doing now yeah, in, in pastoring. And uh, there were some struggles along that way, but then I began to realize that God was finished with my purpose there at that point. And when we left, I had no idea what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't leave because I said, God's calling me to start a church. So good. It's kind of like that Abraham call where he says, go and I'll let you know when you get yeah. there. Yep. Yep. Just take just off. I don't enjoy those seasons. No. <laughs> no. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. And, and I'm an adventure. I have an adventure, you know, personality, but I still mm. don't really enjoy them. Kind of, well, you know, I'm that way hands, too. You know? Yeah. If Lord speaks something, I'm all in, but at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I really don't know where I'm going. And it's, it's, it's exceptionally unnerving when there are people following you. Right. Mm. And they think, you know, and you're like, I yeah. don't know. Right. Oh, yeah, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> I really don't know. So I'm just letting you know, if I go off a cliff, we all go together. I don't want you to be mad at me because I gave you right. this heads up. I right. don't really know where I'm going. Right. <laughs> well, and you know, too, it was all kinds of insecurities in that. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, holy smoke, what am I doing mm -hmm. and why? But when I finally literally laid across the island in our kitchen one Saturday afternoon and literally cried out, okay, 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 mm -hmm. because the call was getting so strong to my heart that I could no longer resist it. You know, I'd seen what being a pastor was like, and honestly, I didn't really want much to do with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, ooh, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pause on that. We've got, we've got several people watching us live. If you're with us live, give us a wave, give us a hello. Also, if you've heard something um, that Pastor Rick has mentioned already, or if you just have a question for him, go ahead and post your question. Uh, we would love for you to be a part of this um, program. Um, again, talking to Pastor Rick Douglas. So I, I would like to go back to, if you would, I, I know there are, there are marks of things that people who are listening, you know, we, we connect with people based on what, what we've already experienced. And you mentioned that there was some abuse in your mm -hmm. childhood. Do you care to, are you okay going into some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it started, like I said, when I was uh, about six, it was a, uh, a person who uh, I won't mention, but had was from sure. another town that was real close friends of the family that would, uh, a man that would come and stay with us on occasions for different mm -hmm. reasons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he would be in the room with me and there would be a there would be those occasions that were just nights of horror yeah. for me. But you know how this works. Um, people wouldn't believe, uh, the woman I've spoken about with the SRA, the, the devil worship and all of right. that, they wouldn't believe her who's an educated, intelligent woman. Who's going to believe a six year old right. saying this about this man, right? You know, so there was nothing I could do and no one I could go to or to tell. So I just had to endure it mm -hmm. uh, for several years. It would happen and go on. And that really is what drove me to a natural talent I had of playing piano because yeah. that was where I would get away from all the pain of all of that. And sure. it would pour right out onto the keyboard and mm -hmm. take me right into the secret place with God. But it also is the place where all that shame started stacking up in my, you know, small little heart, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you had no formal training for piano? No. That's amazing mm, wow. because I've heard He's him. Good. Yeah, he is good. <laughs> Yeah. You, uh, he, you do lives quite a bit, so I'm going to encourage you guys go to go to his wall, his Facebook wall, and just check him out. Like, be a creeper, be one of those people, and <laughs> and listen to him, and you sing beautifully as well. Thank you. So, we've mentioned several times, and obviously, when I talk to you, like, what do you feel like is the theme uh, that you want to talk about today? You keep mentioning the secret place and how that's kind of been the anchor mm -hmm. through your seasons of life for somebody who's watching, like a lot of us are like, Oh yeah, the secret place. I know what that is. 
pretend like for a moment, I don't know what the secret place is and share with me for you. What is, what is the secret place? Well, at times of my deepest shame and heartache and sorrow and, and being feeling totally alone, even at that young age, it would be a time of, I knew from, you know, my parents being Christians and faithful to church and they lived our faith out every single night before we went to bed, we gathered around my parents' bed and knelt and I heard them pray out loud. Mm. And so I had that instilled with me, filled with the spirit at a very early mm. age. And so through desperation, seeking a place of peace, somewhere that I could feel something except the horrible, shameful Ricky that I was at that time. Mm that in those places of desperation, I mentioned waking up in the middle of the night with this tremendous burden to pray at that age. And I found after spending a little bit of time pouring my heart out that something amazing began to happen, that there would be this sense, I feel it right now, whew, there would be this sensing yeah, of the Holy Spirit that would begin to settle on that child. And all of a sudden I could take a breath and all of a sudden I felt safe. And suddenly I felt so very close to the spirit that it was like the reality of my life started to kind of become invisible yeah. and the beauty of being in the presence of the Lord became so overwhelming and overcoming. I go, oh, this is a secret place known only to me and Jesus. Mm, it's almost like you, you were being tucked into the pocket of his glory and his presence and his love. And it's so interesting. I love that you mentioned because um, I just got done doing a YouTube series on the things that the glory does for you. And mm -hmm. the very first one is it cancels the presence of self. Like you no longer become and you, you get so enveloped in that. It's like everything about your life just dissipates. It just it just no longer matters in the presence of God, even though we know it matters deeply to God's heart. Mm -hmm. You just get sucked into that presence and it's just like oh, nothing hurts in this place yeah i was just as he was saying you know was it six years old and i was like wait a minute it was like six years old when you're talking about the presence of the lord coming into your bedroom so isn't that just the grace of god for when this abuse started then that's where he mm. came closest to you oh well, absolutely absolutely you know i have a had a, a a client one time that had lost his eyesight. He was in high school. And I learned something very valuable from that situation because I would, I'm a barber, so I would cut his hair. And so when he'd come after he'd lost his sight, how do I get him from the front to the back and, you know, get him to move around sure. in the shop? Yeah. And so I'd take him by the arm and kind of pull him and push him and this, that, and the other. And I felt terrible doing it that way. Yeah. It didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. So I asked his mother one time, how's the best way for me to do this? And this is what she told me, offer him your elbow. He'll lightly touch it and he'll follow you anywhere you want to go. Mm. And so I did that. So from that point, I've, I've seen that in a spiritual way for us to say, okay, Jesus, offer me your elbow. Mm -hmm. And it's not that push, shove, push. Mm -hmm. And I talked a while back about so how, good. you know, he leads us beside still waters, yeah. right? Yeah. And ever since I've said, you know what, if I'm not by still waters, maybe I'm not following his leading. Mm. <laughs> Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just got really hot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's boiling over here. <laughs> okay. If you are with us, give us a wave. Give us a hello in the comments. Give us a minute to recoup. I'm trying to even remember like 
it's like your words went right past my head and hit my spirit. And I'm like, what, what did he just say that just <laughs> penetrated so deeply? Uh, okay. So, and, and that segues beautifully because, you know, Pastor Rick, I mean, your church for me is a place where, you know, we've done conferences there and I'm, I'm pretty intentional about places. If I'm doing a conference about where I, where I want to do a conference, because if I'm doing a conference and I, then, and I have the authority to just completely move in the spirit, then I want to be in a house that just leaves room for the spirit to move. And there is such a presence that hovers. I've been in your church before when there's only been three or four of us in there. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't take but a minute. <laughs> Brittany's trying watching me trying to keep it doesn't take but um really but a minute, ten seconds maybe when you walk in to that church, you just feel the presence of the Lord just hovering in that space. And I've had people say that about crazy eight ministries. Mm-hmm. And I think I that a lot. You know, I talk a lot about, hey, the people here, we cultivate that. We we want you to feel that when you come in here. Talk to me a little bit about the intentionality as the pastor, the authority of the house, mm-hmm. and the responsibility, the stewardship, right, that mm-hmm. God gives to you to cultivate that presence that's mm-hmm. so thick. Can you share a little bit from a pastor's perspective or even just from a sure. personal perspective? Sure. Well, uh, you know, I started the church uh, several years ago, and then recently we've had a merger with another church. I co-pastor with Josh Burns. He Mm -hmm. and I co-pastor the church at Union Hill. And we are both very intentional about the presence of the Holy Mm, Spirit being there. And I've had so many people say what you just did about the minute they walk through the door, Mm -hmm. they begin to sense and feel that. And I think it is because, well, you know, anytime my beginning purpose was I was going and I would dedicate that place to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And my agenda doesn't matter. And I've made it clear to the the music people on the stage, uh, anybody that does anything, our agenda comes in second place to Mm -hmm. what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And so it's really, I guess, just a hunger and a longing to see that secret place we've talked about manifest in the presence, the the corporate body. And we do feel that. We feel that presence come down and it changes the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. I, I love being there. You guys cultivate such a beautiful experience. Well, it's the only thing that matters to me, really, because if you have that in place, you know, and if you're, we probably, not meaning anything terrible about this at all, but there's something about going to a place where you know there is an abiding yes. openness. Yes, yes to the Holy Spirit and it's moving. I love mm-hmm. that phrase, abiding mm-hmm. openness mm-hmm. to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because you always know. I mean, you can be in a church service and you oh, just in a minute. know. Yeah, yeah. You can. yeah, you do. The ones who are just letting the Holy Spirit run it and the ones who are trying to navigate mm-hmm. yeah. services yeah. every day. They're like, you know, putting... Three songs. <laughs> yeah. He's well, and you know, too, I have to say, but what do I know? Let's put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart and try and navigate how we want it to go. That did not turn out well. No, it did not. <laughs> it never does. So I'd like to go back to, you know, because you talked about how God called you then to start this church and you were in the season of really just learning. And I love that you stress that because, you know, sometimes we, we feel this calling or the stirring in our heart. But then we, I, I call it, but then we have to go into the 20 years of the land of Laban, right? Of some character mm-hmm. building, some ne- mm-hmm. necessary things that need to take place. And I don't know if you know this right now, but I'm working on my seventh book called The Pursuit of, Pursuit of His Glory, Seeking the Character of God. Mm-hmm. And just really, we were there the night when I first gave that message mm-hmm. a year and a half ago. Awesome. And um, so it is that message in a gotcha. book. And part of the book is talking about the importance of character development and how 
the anointing and the, the spirit of God, though we give him reign, God also gives us the authority and the stewardship to be able to navigate that. And sometimes, um, you know, we have this anointing or we have this call on our lives and God needs us to go into the land of Laban for 20 years to develop our character, to be as big as the anointing, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and and if we step into that place too soon out of time, it can be pretty reckless. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we talk, I talk a lot of times about leaders putting, uh, people in leadership based on their anointing instead of their character and not recognizing that sometimes we have to wait on, wait we can recognize anointing that's good, but we should cultivate that character. Right. Um, so I really appreciate that you were like, look, this was a necessary time that I needed in order to step out and be pastoring my own church. Um, you mentioned the merger and all that stuff. Tell us a little bit about your, you as the pastor and then that merger, like, tell us a little bit about that story. How has that gone for you? Well, it's, uh, what are we two and a half years or so into it? And, um, Really, at the point that we did this, I was at a place. My uh, daughter, her, who was my worship leader, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I have an amazing picture of me at a conference, and she is standing. But I, I swear to you, it looks like she's a hologram. Hmm. It is the she's. It is so supernatural. You can't. I'm going to find it for you. I'm like, what? What is this? I'd love to see what's that. happening here. Yeah. Anyways, I so digress. She finds herself at a place where her her husband, who had. Um, uh, would preach behind the pulpit and was uh, functioning as running the band and all of that, came home and told her one day that he doesn't believe in God, he never has, and he can't do this anymore. And she and their four children saw him walk out the door, leaving her with four kids and no job. Mm. And so that was a tough place for her. So I w- lost sure. my worship pastor and all of that. So I had to step up and do it all. So the point is I got really tired in about that year and a half Mm -hmm. of seeking God and what to do. And it was at the point where, as you very well know, I was walking down that hallway knocking on every door. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do? You know, I had a vision for another another work that really still is a passion that's in my heart. And um, so I called um, my co-pastor and we met and just started talking about everything from A to Z and felt the spirit begin to move. And before we knew it, we were talking merger. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it's been good. And there have been parts of it that hadn't been easy. And he and I both have sure. saw how we've needed to grow and had to grow and yeah. all of that. So, yeah. but I think uh, from the outside looking in, and, and I remember when you were feeling that call and and you had called me and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, have you talked to Josh? I know they're looking for a building. And and, and when you guys got together and um, I, I think it was Josh at first, he was like, hey, I think we're going to merge. And I was like, oh, this ought to be interesting because both of you have very strong personalities. You're both very eclectic. You both are very particular, uh, not necessarily in a bad way, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I think both of you are great pastors. And I thought, well, this is this ought to be interesting. It's, you know. It's going to take a really work of the Holy Spirit to see two strong <laughs> men come together who are used to pastoring. Yeah, it was a little frightening at pastor. first. It's like, how is this going to go? You yeah, know? and obviously I'm not behind closed doors, and I don't care to be behind closed doors. <laughs> but from the outside, I'm like, by golly, this, this is great. Like watching two completely different congregations, pastors come together, even merged your names um, and, and God, I'm like, look at God, look mm-hmm. at God doing it. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Two mm-hmm. of my favorite pastors. And I was like, this is so fun to watch. So good. You mentioned another passion or another vision that you have. Share with us what that is. Well, um, the church that I was raised in, mm-hmm. 
also happened to be the place where, with no connection to that church or that body, where some of my book kind of comes into play. Sure. And in my book, I tell a lot of church stories, and some of them are funny just because the reader needs a little bit of a break yeah, from the yeah, heaviness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciated that, book. that for sure. Yeah, like, it's got Kim yeah. Plea. It's a difficult read, you yeah. know, warning. But I would love to see a prayer center go up in that very building mm-hmm. itself, mm-hmm. where uh, some terrible things happened mm-hmm. years and years and years ago. But it's been a real passion of my heart to return to that place, mm-hmm. to uh, that Redeem place it. that I went when really? I was six years mm-hmm. old, carrying what I was carrying mm-hmm. and going into that sanctuary. Yeah. And again, seeing the, you know, an assembly of God church at the day, you know, with its legalisms in place and, you know, a certain standard for living. But still in that place, again, was that place that. I said abiding presence of the Holy Spirit, and I get that, but there's a lot to it when it comes to the desperation of the heart. Mm. You know, I had to find that. Yeah. My life depended on finding the secret place. And so to to go into that building, should the Lord provide that opportunity to have worship and prayer and uh, would just be a dream come true, really, for me. Mm-hmm. And I've never put it on the back burner. It's always kind of right at the edge of things and just, again, knocking on doors. Yeah, and just waiting the on the do. timing of the yep. Lord in regard yep. to that. Yeah. And and I find that encouraging as well, if you don't mind. How old are you? Do you mind sharing? No, I'm 60, soon be 66 next month. So again, you know, a lot of times people will be like, well, I'm 66. I guess that was just a, <laughs> you know, that was just a vision of fantasy, blah, blah, blah. But I love that you're like, it will happen. It, it will happen. Like it is such a burning passion in your heart. And I don't know that I ever have a conversation with you that that doesn't come up. Hmm. Um, from the very first time I ever met with you in the office, yeah, I remember. Um, you talking about that vision, that passion. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm just curious, what what do you feel like at this point? I mean, obviously, like you're waiting on the Lord, and you don't want to bang on doors. But what do you feel like are some of your biggest obstacles or barriers in getting there? And and I think this will encourage the listeners in recognizing, like, how do you discern this is the enemy keeping me from this, uh-huh. and this is God just saying, hey, it's not time yet. Right. Well, I think that. Um, from if I haven't learned anything in my life, it is to wait on the peace of God about mm. something. Because if I get ahead of that and I start pushing too hard or working too mm-hmm. hard toward a specific goal, then it is so very easy to get ahead of yeah. God mm-hmm. and what He really wants. But whenever I feel a peace of God, you know, you you guys know what I'm talking about. It's that moment of not particular faith. But what happens is a knowing comes into your heart yeah. to take a step and go. Yes, 100%. Just like when I started the church, it was a knowing. It was a knowing it's time to do this. And then, of course, as it would be, the first year I pastored what was then uh, Covenant Church, mm-hmm. out of nowhere I was hit with a circumstance that sunk me to the deepest, darkest depression I'd ever experienced of course. in my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And I remember a time we were having ho- church in our house and my daughter was singing. We uh, had keyboards set up the whole bit. And I was right at the point of saying, okay, we're there. There's about 45 people in the house mm-hmm. that day of stopping Tara from singing. Mm-hmm. I was playing the keyboard to tell them all, y'all, I have made a terrible mistake. I cannot do this. Mm. and sending them all home. I appreciate your vote of confidence. But in that moment, I begin to hear mm. the words Tara was singing. And the song was, I want the joy of the Lord to come down. And it's kind of upbeat kind of a thing. 
But then I, the verse is what stopped me from doing all of that. And it said this, it's time I started, it's time I started dancing over all my graves. Wow. And in that moment, I received the strength and the peace from God wow. to keep going on toward his purpose. So when God has a will, he has a way, doesn't Amen. he? Amen. Yeah. And that. I really needed that way. Yeah. And at that point, I really needed that secret place. Yeah. And the things we've seen since then, and I've told that story, and I've had people say, thank you so much for not doing that. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I wanted to, because at that point in time, I didn't feel like God was hearing a word I was saying. Mm. I was, again, desperate because the whole depression word was not a part of me. Even after mm-hmm. what I'd suffered as a child, it didn't affect me that way. Right. And here at that age, I am suffering and thinking, God doesn't have a purpose in this. He's not going to provide for this. I cannot do this. But in a split second, I got what I needed in that moment mm. to take the next step and stay to the course. And you got it directly from God. Directly from God. You know, and, and I think... Um, I- you know, we talk a lot about, you know, just learning how to encourage yourself in the Lord, you know, like David did when, when all of his friends are all of a sudden picking up stones. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we can't get what we need directly from the Lord, then we're missing out, you know? And I love that story because it wasn't, Hey, and I have, I mean, obviously I believe in, Hey, seeking prayer, go to the altar, let people minister for minister to you. But if you live for that, and you have not learned to let the Lord to minister to you directly, then we're missing out. Yeah, indeed. And that's that's what I hear you saying with part of that, the secret places. Like mm-hmm. I've learned how to tuck myself in to the presence of God and allow the Holy Spirit to just minister directly to yep. me. Yep. Well, you know, it's like mine and, and God's, it's our secret clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody else is allowed. This is me and Jesus right that's here. That's so good. That's so good. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's take a look at who's with us today. We've got quite a few people. Um, somebody must be working your Facebook for you. Yeah, you're uh, talking. You're talking in here. Awesome. Dance on your graves. Um, we have Peggy Collier was with us. Aaron Ash says, I remember him. He used to be the worship leader, our worship leader at Victory Family Church. Yes. Amy Sanger's with us this morning. Good morning, Amy. She said, I'm watching. And Amanda Mar- Marshall said, be a creeper. Um, <laughs> lots of people with us this morning. Again, if you have any questions, um, Shirley Greenroy is with mm-hmm. us this morning. She says, hello. Hey, Shirley. Krista Dawn is with us this morning. She said, this is so good. Courtney Clary says, hey, Pastor Rick, excited about this episode. Kathy Isley from Illinois is with us. So lots of people watching. If you would, please click like leave us a comment, share this to your wall. We want to share with people some of the encouraging little nuggets that are out there. I love that you're so willing to just be so real and so raw. Mm. I think some people, uh, we and you hear this all the time, we're like, yeah, we know you're not, you know, but when you're in ministry, it's, it's rough, you know, it's, it's difficult. There's challenging times and we struggle with depression. We struggle mm-hmm. with discouragement. We struggle with doubt. Um, and so I think, um, you, you know, when we, when we are able to be open with that and don't feel the facade that the devil wants us to wear, um, and we are just like, look, because of the kingdom, I have the freedom to be real and raw. I think that's, that encourages people, you know, um, before this, uh, before we got on here, you were talking about, um, and every time you're talking, Pastor Rick, like you and I have had conversations before and I'm like, I need, I need to be around him more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you made a comment about how the enemy has spoken to you and said, if you'd have taken one more step, mm-hmm. would you share a little bit of that with sure. us? Um, and 
the whole idea of the secret place, I like to reference it as the throne room mm-hmm. and to being in that worship. You know, John saw a door open up, you know, and so he, the things that he saw. And I'm telling you, what he saw that day was a rock concert, you know. It was not <laughs> quiet heart playing. It was full on. Yeah. Full on. And um, so I tell you, I say all the time to myself, and I teach a lot about remaining in the throne room because that's where the place of peace is. And so many times whenever the adversary, if you will, attacks us, and you know the Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We're to know yeah, how he works 100%. and operates. Mm-hmm. And uh, what he wants to do is say, hey, Rick, this certain circumstance that you're in, blah, 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 blah. He wants to speak discouragement. He wants to speak deceit in it. Mm-hmm. And what he's trying to do is to get me to pick up his weapons of warfare to use oh, against so good. it. That's so good. Instead of the weapons the Lord has given me. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. says we fight not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities of darkness. But he says, but so the good. weapons of your warfare are mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. strongholds. Those are the weapons that we need to use. But the devil says, I want you to use my weapons to fight me. He wants to get us out of the throne room, out onto his territory. Yeah. And the thing yeah. that I had said to you is I had a, a vision and I saw myself in the throne room and I was in a desperate situation. And I heard the voice of the adversary saying things to me and I would turn and I would look at him and I wouldn't even make a step that direction. No, what he's trying to do is lure me out. Right. right. And in this vision, he said to me, you remember Rick back whenever you had that sickness and they told your family you weren't going to live through the night. If I could have gotten you to take two more steps out of the throne room, I could have got my hands around your neck. Mm. There was a, a car accident. Remember that? Rick, if I could have spoken enough discouragement to you, yeah, if I could have convinced yeah. you that it was over, if I could have convinced you that things were all over, mm-hmm. get you two more steps out of that throne room, then I could have got my hands around your neck. In other words, if he can lure us out onto his territory, yeah, yep. he can do with us what he wants to. Yeah, yeah. But if mm-hmm. we choose to remain in that mm-hmm. throne room with him, then we have all the protection, the grace of the Lord. So but good. Because it's simply the secret place. You Isn't know that what it means to be hidden in Christ? Hidden yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Yes. You can't find me. Mm-hmm. You can't find me because I'm tucked in the secret yep. place. I'm tucked in the glory. I'm yep. in the throne room. And you can't come in here. Yo, here. That's the thing. So do you know what? If you say in the secret place, I say, hey, devil, if you really want to do that, let me tell you something. I'm not coming in there. If you want me, you're going to have to come in here to get me. <laughs> yeah. And that's not going to work so well so for good. you. <laughs> I try and tell my clients, don't play checkers with the devil. Yeah. Stay, that's good. Stay in the chess room and play chess with the Holy Spirit. Like yes. just stay. You know, if you're, if you, you know, the Bible says that we're seated with Christ on high, which is the third heavens, right? Where we can actually look mm-hmm. down. We have this authoritative position mm-hmm. in Christ and in the Holy Spirit through prayer, he gives us the power and the authority to play chess and mm-hmm. to make intentional moves and to navigate Angels and demons, really. And so he gives us that. But instead, what happens is is we come out of the throne room, we come out of that position, and we get get in that victim position, which is in the first heavens, and then we try and play checkers this way with the devil. And uh, and so I love that 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 visual of ooh, one more step. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about King Sennacherib in Second Chronicles, how he he kind of tries to allure the people of God and is like, right. hey, come out from behind the wall. Mm-hmm. I have all these oh, chariots yeah. Oh, yeah. and all of these horses. I mean, even if you have enough people to put on there. But 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 th- that's not the point. The point mm-hmm. is, is I can rescue you. Mm-hmm. Like I can rescue you in your time of need. Absolutely. From uh, anything, it doesn't matter how deep, how dark it is, how hopeless it feels. The, the job of the adversary in his de- deceit is to convince us that our entire identity rests upon maybe it's one horrible mistake you made in your life. Mm-hmm. 
And you can take that and carry that through. I did that for a long time that I had the identity of the abused. That's so good. And it defined me in Mm -hmm. such a way until I hate to say, but it was only about a decade ago. And I preached a sermon about it, how I had been operating that the devil had stole my identity. And I had operated under what he said for so many years, even though I knew truth, I knew God, I knew this secret place, I knew all of that. There was still an element of deceit that wound up being that Rick, first of all, it sounds trite because you hear it all the time, but Rick needed to forgive himself. That's good. Rick needed to know that go back to six years old and see not your fault. Yes. And you need to make some choices to step the other direction and to live your life according to God's identity than to his. You know, how many sermons have we heard on that? But you don't understand how powerful that is until you're in that position. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes we we dismiss what is seemingly things we've heard all the time instead instead of really saying, okay, God, that could be me. Mm-hmm. I want to consider, search, search me, seek me, see if there be any wicked way in me, things right. that are keeping me from yeah. the fullness of who I've called to be. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the devil's bane tool. So many times the things he tells us and accuses us of are true. Yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. 100%. Okay, so I am going to check this, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, check, a second, but I'm going to put you on the spot because you All do right. have an amazing voice. Oh. <laughs> and I would love, I'm going to give you about... 20 seconds to really ask the Holy Spirit, like, what do you want to bless us with as far as a song? Okay. And I'm going to have you sing for us, okay. but let me check. Um, so you guys aren't going to want to finish up here or hang up too soon. Kyle, uh, Kyle is with us today. It's Kyle who is on his Facebook. Oh, okay. He's Thanks, working. Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Jansen said I could listen to him all day. You do have a very um, soothing voice, mm. a very soothing voice. Um, yes, I've been on the secret place. I've been hearing God, lots of people still watching us. Um, so if you guys have any final questions, better get those in the comments. Cause he's about to bless us, uh, through song. Um, Brittany, do you have any final questions, final thoughts? I'm just going to say just hearing the short amount of your life here. I just appreciate that. You know, you say I have a gift of intercession, but then you obviously have a gift of worship and that it didn't, you didn't stay in that place. Like it wasn't like, okay, this is it. This is, this is all God has for me. But it was like, you recognize he was using each of those things as a gift, as a stepping stone Mm -hmm. into this next place, you know, and then to come to pastor and a leader and just to continue to grow throughout your lifetime. Mm -hmm. And then it's not like when God speaks, you feel like I have this gift. That's where I have to hang on and stay forever. Right. And so so that's been encouraging to me, you know, hitting 40. I'm like, okay, there, I feel like I'm still, a child. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I need yet. to get my life together. <laughs> that, that, that's the way it's going to be. Let me just tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I think there is an element of that, that you're still like a kid in a candy, candy store mm-hmm. when it comes to the things of the spirit. And, and when I come to your church and I watch the way you worship, I'm like, it's like he's never met him before. <laughs> it's still just oh. so new and so fresh and so exciting for you. You know why? Yeah. I'm still overcoming present Stuff. mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Big messes. I'm still okay, God. I need you still because yeah. I just keep screwing up. Oh, that's so good and so <laughs> encouraging. So encouraging. Tammy, Tammy Lord Murphy says, "I love you, Rick." Oh, I love you, Tammy. Thanks. Okay, hold on. I'm ready. I know. I'm ready too. I got the chills already. Are you ready? I'm ready. Get it. I'm going to sing something that um, I would sit down at the piano and sing when I was six. Okay. If I can, because okay. it's really boiling okay. up in me. Me but, too. Um, <laughs> 
it would be a place of desperation from that six-year-old heart. And I would sit down and I would play and sing, My wonderful Lord, my wonderful Lord, by angels and seraphs in heaven adore, I know thou art mine, my Savior divine, my wonderful, wonderful Lord. Wow. Man, I wish you guys were in this room, although I know the Holy Spirit has resonated in the hearts and the lives of those who have listened. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank hey, you guys, get a copy of his book. I um, am. Attend his church, you know, if, you, yeah. if you're like, eh, I want to go somewhere else, or, or you don't go to church, whatever, go visit him, <laughs> say hello. Um, wow. Yeah. We're out. We'll see you next, <laughs> <laughs> next time. See you later, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.